Welcome to Upholding Matters, a podcast devoted to talking about what matters. Now, I was raised to believe that life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness were things that mattered. And certainly they are the unalienable rights that Jefferson wrote about in the Declaration of Independence. We will talk about how to uphold them, how they hold us up, and why that matters. Welcome to Upholding Matters. I'm your host, David Paul. Tonight, hot off the presses, comes the connection between retired Supreme Court Justice John Paul Stevens. I believe he was on the court from 1975 through 2010, and that puts him there a long time, and he cares about the court. And he had previously supported Brett Kavanaugh, and just today, it seems like it wasn't planned. He was at an event, a long-planned event, but he was asked the question. And it turns out he thinks that some of the behavior has disqualified Kavanaugh himself for the um, position, and Stevens has withdrawn his support. So I have to tell you, in 1975, I was a young man. I was 20 years old. I certainly had things going on and wasn't following the Supreme Court. But I do know that things were different. For instance, just in the last couple of days, there has been an editorial come out in the um, Wall Street Journal owned by Rupert Murdoch by Brett Kavanaugh, the... uh, judge who's trying to get on the Supreme Court, and he's more or less explaining or excusing without apologizing his behavior in the recent testimony for the Senate. And a few days earlier than that, against tradition, he went on a Fox News show with his wife and basically pleaded he was a choir boy lifting weights, studying It was a virgin till some time. It was sad to watch him lie because it just seemed so unnatural and so unprecedented that someone like that would get on TV, let alone a partisan network at the request of the president. That just has seemed wrong. And this comes in a week since our last podcast when Jeff Flake stood up and asked for an extension of the FBI investigation to get to the bottom of some of the new allegations and just have a thorough finding by the FBI. So the Republicans made a deal. And the Republicans said, okay, we'll give you a delay, an investigation, but it will be limited in scope and must be completed in a week. So that was last Friday. So today, Thursday, 10-4, it is done and submitted in senators. It reminds me, no one mentioned this, but it's like the Luther Bible that was chained in the basement that he had to go see. 
these United States senators have to go into an office one at a time and look in a secret vault at this the report, and there's one copy of it. They treat it more solemnly than evidence against aliens. And I'm just, just kidding there. But still, there's a lot of fanfare there and a lot of secrecy in a special room and special rules. And basically what has happened, uh, there's been no new evidence the Republicans claim, but they didn't even talk to uh, Dr. Ford or Brett Kavanaugh or any of the other people that could corroborate um, the other lady uh, that has said things against him and not to mention all these high school guys, college guys, the roommate and all, they're coming out of the woodwork and saying, no, no, yeah, Brent was stumbling drunk quite often in his college and high school days. And uh, forgive me, the woman's name is Deborah Ramirez. And part of her story is all the ways that Brett Kavanaugh's crowd and hers crossed through the years and partied. And there are many other people that could help put together a much better picture of what this was like and if there was any exposing of the self. And believe me, I don't find the, the antics and the pranks in high school and college, the most disturbing thing, but the way it's lied and covered up, that does tell me that this person is still probably a good person. He may have done this thing to this woman and not even remembered, but he's not the ideal choice for the Supreme Court of the United States. Let's get real. We're talking about the Supreme Court. But collectively, we all just have to hold our breath and wait. Tomorrow, there's some procedural vote that says, let's finally vote on it. So it's not the final vote, but it's a vote. And they can get an idea of how the senators line up on the committee to vote. And there's behind the scenes vote counting and elections where uh, Republicans that are uh, red, you know, red states with these Republican uh, majorities and a Democratic senator. There's a few of them. And so they vote for Trump. And if the one senator rejects Brett Kavanaugh, she could, Heidi Heitkamp, she could lose her seat and that wouldn't help the Democrats win the House and the Senate. So these things are, are intertwined, complex relationships everywhere. And there's a lot to watch and there's a lot to think about. Donald Trump was at a rally and he was mocking Dr. Ford. And I can't remember, I had one beer and it was really just sad to see how far the credibility and the humility and the empathy and the love of America has fallen away from the office of the presidency. It 
it's you know still bothers me to the core and i don't think there is any getting used to that and i suppose really the biggest thing other than judge stevens was this week 650 not 65 not 100 650 current judges and prosecutors have come out and said that Brett Kavanaugh can't go to the Supreme Court. People have to trust that justice is fair and the partisanship and the, well, in my opinion, the insanity that he showed, the lack of ability to demonstrate basic control over himself, that was a disqualifier. And that's what these 650 prosecutors and judges are saying. And I am constantly heartened and amazed by the citizen outpouring. These people, and most of them are women, are flooding the Capitol and getting arrested in droves and singing songs. And it must be triumphant not to carry that arrest record, certainly, but who, you know, to who goes there? For instance, there were groups, two of the uh, lady Republican senators are, Lisa Murkowski is, represents Alaska, and Susan Collins represents Maine, and they're not happy about Kavanaugh or any of this stuff. But, you know, they say Democrats fall in love and Republicans fall in line. And these two ladies are under severe pressure. And constituents of theirs got on planes. Many multiple people got on planes from Alaska and Maine and came to Washington to sit in their Washington offices to show that people where they come from don't want Kavanaugh either. That's amazing to me. Good show, people. Well, there certainly has been other news. There's a new book out called The Apprentice with Trump's silhouette on the cover, written by Greg Miller, and it's about Russian collusion and cooperation and connection. And in this capacity, I think we're supposed to assume that Trump is the apprentice, Putin's apprentice, his money laundering apprentice. So... But the Russians continue to be in the news even today for indictments from the Justice Department of seven more Russian agents. Uh, they're, they're intelligence officers and they're hacking the Olympics. And so they're trying to get anything they can on athletes or uh, countermeasures to protect them, like anti-blackmail for their doping problems that they have in the Olympics. Imagine that. The Russians are using performance-enhancing drugs that are banned. That's never been done before. And I guess the Russians are competitive people, as all people are. One of the new shows I'm watching is a 
retrospective on the uh, Romanov family and the Russians, you know, Tsar Alexander II, whoever was deposed for the final blow to the Romanov family. But those, that family ran Russia for 300 years. So they had a long history of having their hand on the wheel. And then the revolution, the Bolshevik revolution, and Lenin getting rid of some of these other guys that helped to start it, and Stalin taking over, and and it's just a horror story. But continually they fight and they push and they try to overcome or regain or avenge their besmirched dignity. You know, most people don't even know what that means. Why can't we just get along? I'm I'm with that crowd. But, no, the Russians have a bone to pick. And certainly through their time, they've been dealt some hardships. I mean, the least of which is not incompetent leaders. So a great land, a great people, but really, really crappy leadership. But it does mean they're still at it and they're expanding. And someone I listened to today said that what they did in 2016, although very bold and successful, you know, pales in comparison to how much more effort is being put into it. What a tremendous gain they got from such little effort. Someone else I listened to today compared the low cost of the harm they've caused and how spectacularly they've succeeded in disrupting America. We have a president that goes against and at his Justice Department and the FBI and is under investigation by them. I mean, they've got a big payoff. They sowed some seeds. And the one guy said that, you know, it's as cheap as... uh, box cutters smuggled onto an airplane. That's all it took to cause this major incident that we're still living with. And now this, it's, we can't get Trump to pay attention to this. And how could we? He's in on it. That's what's so, so sad. The New York Times this week has some blockbuster reporting about how Trump acquired his wealth. And you remember, you know, it's all a con. Just let's try and remember this. It's just a a branding exercise. It doesn't mean anything. There's no truth to it. It's just all a lie. But supposedly because he's such a great businessman, he started with a small loan of a million dollars. And see how he tries to pass that? If you had a million dollars to start... Couldn't you have done something too? So, but these stories show that Fred Trump, his father, has been funneling money through him as a toddler. When he was three years old, he was worth a million dollars or something because of stuff his father had given him. And over the course of time and today's dollars, I read that basically... 430 some million dollars is what Fred Trump actually contributed to bail Donald's spectacularly 
crappy deals out through the years, you know, like repay an interest payment, not the loan, but just the interest owed so they didn't come and repossess the property. So the whole illusion is a scam. And they were able to get some of Fred Trump's old taxes records, filings with the IRS. And so there are some of these things are beyond the statute of limitations for financial crimes, but some aren't. And it's just generally good to have the proof out there so that people can make up their own minds. Do you want to follow a guy who claims all this stuff that's just utter nonsense? And take a good look because you can see the calamity on his face. He just looks like a slick con man to me since the first time I saw him. We are now 40-some days out from the 2018 midterm elections. And the Republicans, including the cheerleading squad for Trump like to say that all this anger about Kavanaugh and you know it's, it's bizarre I don't believe that people can understand fully if they're mad that people just don't cooperate with the con man in chief but they do and I, I get it I guess I mean I don't want to belittle beliefs you can't talk someone out of a bad belief You you have to let them see it for themselves. And so if I direct you to news articles or other things to get a better look, you know, probably no one believes in what he's doing is going to do that, but I've said it. So I do feel better. After all, this whole thing is an exercise in me trying to do something to feel better. So just like everyone else, I I guess about a lot of things. And I wonder if we can make it to the midterms, take over at least one body of Congress, get some investigations going, prevent Robert Mueller, and hopefully lay out the case so that the American people can understand that The next two years will simply be, if they can't impeach him, to just contain him and that the rule of law and sanity will return. So I guess there's still time and consider this a public service announcement. But if you haven't registered to vote, please get out and do it and vote wherever you are to get Democratic representatives elected is sad because I would not normally just suggest that partisanship but we see with the Senate and the Brett Kavanaugh hearings how much control these chairmanships have and I think the people's candidates the Democrats in this case who are willing to actually investigate and put the brakes on some of this crazy stuff, get into office. So yeah, we just have to go out and play partisan ball, and I'm not even a Democrat, (laughs) but there is no other choice. We have a two-party system, so that's what we have. 
and that's what we'll use. And we will wait and see. I'm thinking perhaps I should even put an end on this that comes in the morning to see what the Senate has done on the Kavanaugh vote. So if you don't mind, perhaps I will continue this in a bit. things about having your own show is that you can change your mind. And as I thought about tomorrow and getting in the latest on the end of the podcast for the week, I realized that we'll have a procedural vote to see if it'll go on to a vote at some other time. So that's not that stimulating, except, except if they couldn't get enough votes to get it out of the committee to even be voted upon by the full Senate. So that I will definitely come back with if that happens, because although I don't drink, that's that's the time to pop the cork on the champagne. Uh, and, and believe me, I would love to see uh, another conservative on the Supreme Court. You know, John Roberts didn't turn out to be a bad guy, and this Kennedy did some good considering who retired, you know, so Kavanaugh could even have this chance. But there has got to be another great Republican jurist that they can put on the court and that I would feel comfortable about having there due to their... uh, integrity and honor, which, as far as I'm concerned, that insane performance of Brett Kavanaugh, he threw away. And that poor guy, you know, uh, I, I relate to him. I did stupid things. I know guys that did stupid things. But the way he conducted himself, the water guzzling and the they mocked him pretty well on Saturday Night Live. You know, I like to bring something happy into the last segment. I saw Lady Gaga tonight on Stephen Colbert. That was pretty interesting. And I've seen the commercials for the movie A Star is Born. Does anybody remember Barbara Streisand and Chris Christopherson? That was a great movie. And the performance by Barbara Streisand was just so powerful, so real. And I really loved that movie. And to know that there was a remake. So when I saw it, I thought Brad Cooper directed, right? So, but he's a pretty special guy. And I watched some of the acting. And I didn't know the first couple times I watched it that he was acting opposite of Lady Gaga. And she had no makeup on and her real hair, you know, the way she is. And it was fantastic. So... I really think that this is going to be a great movie. I can't wait. And the story she told to Stephen Colbert, how he saw her at a show because he went in somewhere and didn't expect it. And then he called her and went to her house. And 
know, people are people, and that's how regular people operate, I guess. Uh, Lady Gaga had a picture of Barbara Streisand who came to her house and did some, uh, or I should say, Lady Gaga went to Barbara Streisand's house, and that must be an amazing crib. Whatever you call that, commiserating and posing and taking some pictures and immortalize the moment when these two amazing actresses and singers come together for the polar ends of a great series of movies that have the same title and some of the similar content, but are not really the same story, although very similar. And, you know, poor Lady Gaga, she just goes home and has wine and cries, and we're all in this boat. I can't wait. I mean, there are good things, so... And the best thing will be when we extricate ourselves from this political nightmare... But until then, do our best and keep hope alive. <laughs> <laughs>